Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Time to hang out in Corktown, or maybe you want a little Midtown. Whatever you choose, it's Detroit-bound for the Eastern Michigan football team. Welcome into the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. Don't adjust your radio dials. I may not have my full voice, but I am here in full force as we are getting ready for none other than the Eagles' back-to-back bowl appearances and third time in four years, Alex. First time in consecutive bowl games in 128 years of Eastern Michigan football. When you think about that, my goodness gracious, what an accomplishment for Chris Creighton and his crew of Eagles this year. And Greg, don't uh, don't try to fool the listeners. You may say you're a little bit under the weather. We all know that you were screaming pretty loud and proud last night when you heard that the Eagles were going to be bowling in Detroit. Standing on top of the SAPC, singing Welcome to My House. That's all I could do. And you could be in the house for the Quick Lane Bowl. You can get tickets right now by calling the EMU ticket office. Tickets at the 50-yard line, just $65. Reserve tickets, $45. Eastern students, $20. Or if you're unable to go, You can do a Tickets for Troops campaign donation for $20. That'll support military and first responders in Washtenaw County who will be able to go to the game to cheer on the Eagles. But more importantly, purchasing through the EMEO Athletic Ticket Office gets you in the eastern sections. And more importantly, those funds go to benefit EMU student-athletes and save you a little bit than going to the ticket office at Ford Field. Greg, this is truly an opportunity that Eastern Michigan alums, students, fans alike, just supporters of the program have never had before at the school. It's been so great the last couple of years seeing the football team progress and get to the opportunities that they've had. But let's be honest, going to the Bahamas, not necessarily fan friendly. Going down to Alabama wasn't necessarily something that everybody could do. Well, this is the perfect opportunity that people have been waiting for. Going to Detroit, 30 minutes away from Ypsilanti, right in our hometown. It's a great opportunity for you guys to put on your green and white, show up full force and watch the Eagles as they take on Pitt, who is no slouch of an opponent, but, uh, is certainly one that's going to be on the Eastern Michigan Eagles radar as so many of their staff was once here uh, in Ypsilanti before. Sometimes jokingly referred to as Eastern Michigan further east. That is the Pitt Panthers led by none other than former Eastern Michigan Athletic Director Heather Like, who of course hired Coach Creighton to his position uh, as the 37th football coach in EMU history. So lots uh, of interest. We'll have more in, in talking with uh, those involved with bowl preparation and getting you set more so even next week here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. We'll have the complete schedule, all the alumni events, and anything else your heart can content to get you in the Motor City this holiday season. But that's not the only game in town, as we still have other sporting events going on. It is a slower week this week, and that's due to graduation this week and finals. And, of course, CMU's policy is student-athletes can't play or travel during uh, graduation time because that allows them to focus on their studies, and that's what they will do. But the men's basketball team remained red-hot. Alex, as I get a chance to talk with Coach Murphy just a few minutes ago to get his th- thoughts on winning at Callahan Hall. Something Eastern has not done very often in its history. 
to go to Detroit Mercy and win a game on their home court is something that Eastern Michigan, like you said, is has not done all that often in their history. It was a really impressive win. And, you know, I talked to Coach Murphy as well. You're going to hear uh, Greg's interview with him, and I'm sure he echoed some of the similar things about, you know, not necessarily the best played game of the season, but always great to come out and get a hard-fought win. And let's not forget earlier in the week, they had Valparaiso on the court here in Ypsilanti, a really good Valpo program. And they not only were down in the second half, but came back and won that game convincingly. This team is going to be someone to be reckoned with in the Mac, Greg. They are off to a red-hot start. If you haven't had a chance to get out here to the combo yet, of course, a little bit of a, a break for them, as Greg says. But when they get back home, after you get back from the Quick Lane Bowl and are ordering your Quick Lane Bowl championship T-shirts, you're going to wear those loud and proud to the combo to see this basketball team because it could be something really special on the back half of this winter. Certainly could be. They will take on Northeastern coming up next week. It'll be uh, the Huskies in town right now sitting at 5-5, five and five, but they're a pesky team that uh, can score the basketball 73 points a game and meanwhile they can also make their free throws they have made 113 of 138 that's 82 percent my friends and they can also stroke it from outside at 9.4 three pointers a game so an off week with them but you get coach murphy's thoughts as he rejoins us on the podcast meanwhile You can also catch EMU women's basketball at home, a rare two o'clock Tuesday matinee inside the Convocation Center as Purdue, Fort Wayne, the Mastodons come to town. Fred Castro's team trying to break out of a losing spell that uh, has seen them take it on the chin the last couple games. But when you're taking on opponents like Michigan, who was nationally ranked Binghamton who was undefeated and Wichita state. Well, they only knocked off Oklahoma. So it's not like they've been playing down competition either. Yeah. And that's something coach Castro uh, has been stressing to his team and, and all of us alike. We don't have him on the podcast this week, but I can tell you from our personal conversations that coach says, listen, it might not be happening on the scoreboard right now, but don't get him wrong. These types of losses are okay for his team early on because they allow you to learn and get better, Greg, and that's exactly what they're doing. And they're going to have a Purdue-Fort Wayne team tomorrow night at the Convo that uh, is certainly a beatable team, so I know they're looking to get back on track home at the Convo and, and start the holiday season off right. It'll be the first time Eastern has technically ever played them inside the building of the Convocation Center, but it's the second time they faced them as a home game. As the last time it occurred, the Convo was booked, and they had to take a game to Fenton High School to take that game. As Drew Bishop's dad was at the time the athletic director, and he said, oh, Susie Merchant, bring your team on up. And we played in Fenton. And the only time I've ever hosted a home game, not on our home court. So that is a true fun fact for you going into that game for tomorrow. Well, some would say that on the 26th, we're going to have a home game that's not uh, on our home field when we well, head down. I, I should say, we played those collegiate clash games. I've done that too. That's true, but nonetheless, the women's basketball team has a great opportunity to get back on track, Greg, and, and it's definitely a game that Coach Castro wants to get. And then we could also not forget about on the swimming side of things, track and field opened up 
on their indoor schedule, but swimming will take a little respite as they won the Dave Dennison Invitational. Casey Gavigan qualified for the Olympic time trials in the 100 backstroke. So huge congratulations to them as they tune up and rest for 2020. So we've told you about everything that we've got going on in store this week, but why don't we tell you what's going on in store on this podcast? We'll lead it off with your conversation from yesterday as you were at the football banquet, the 57 annual football banquet and caught up with a couple student athletes and coaches yeah it was incredible because people may think we were not telling the truth but coaches and players did not know about the bowl game selection until literally greg the middle of their banquet i didn't know until 10 seconds before that and then coach announced it to the team so we got some real raw reaction from coach Creighton, from mike glass the quarterback of course and then one of the defensive leaders kobe beltram both seniors who didn't know if they and their and the 20 other teammates of theirs that are graduating didn't know if they'd get another opportunity to strap it up for the green and white. So I get clean, good, raw reaction from them. And then, of course, Coach is uh, excited about the opportunity as well, and you're going to hear from him, uh, And that, so that's great. And then, Greg, I know that you got a chance to sit down with Coach Murphy uh, on his side of things too. Yeah, I got a little Rob sandwich as we have Rob Murphy that I get to talk to to talk men's basketball. And then you'll also get to hear after another break, Rob Rubick. So two guys – that both love football because of course we, we can't forget Rob Murphy was recruited to play football at Eastern Michigan to get his thoughts. And then Rob Rubick, the former lions tight end who will get to return to Ford field to call EMU football. There will long time service that he's provided to Eastern fans and a really lengthy sit down chat with Rubes after you heard from uh, Matt Shepard just a week ago today, we catch up with Rob and uh, a lot of conversation about um, memories food, and some other things that Rubes always enjoys talking about because, you know, he's a tight end. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants, and he's one of the best in the business, Greg. You know, you said it's a Rob sandwich, and Rubes is a guy that likes sandwiches. I can, you know that about him when you meet I've him. never finished a meal before. <laughs> no doubt about that, and I, we can't wait. I, I Just like the listeners, I can't wait to hear your sit down with Rob, and uh, we'll have to hear it right after the break. I'm standing alongside Coach Chris Creighton as he and his team have just found out at the same time that they will be playing another game this season. They get the opportunity to head to Detroit right in their own backyard to participate in the Quick Lane Bowl December 26th, and they're going to do it against the University of Pittsburgh, an ACC opponent. Coach, another chance to get back on the field, another chance to do it against the Power 5 team. Uh, we're, we're so thankful that we're getting to play. Let's start with that. We've done some really good things this season, but you know, also didn't guarantee you know, that we'd be going to a bowl. So, you know, to be selected is a big deal to us and we're appreciative and we're going to do absolutely everything we can to give Pitt, you know, a great game. I mean, we know that they're a fantastic program. I mean, they were played for the ACC championship a year ago. So, but just to do it, we're Eastern Michigan University and this game is being held in Eastern Michigan. And with, you know, the 150,000 living alumni, you know, in the area, the day after Christmas and during the holidays, what an awesome opportunity. It's something that you've talked about a lot. Your 22 seniors get to return to the field one more time. What is that mean to you to be able to watch them go out the right way we're not done yet i mean it just felt that way here it just you know we just couldn't believe that it would that it could be over you never want it to end but there was just something missing and again i I just love the fact that it's not over i love the fact that i get to be with these guys for you know another couple weeks and then for us to you know 
do everything we can to, to live our theme and, and, and to finish strong. I know you won't take any credit for it, but have you gotten a chance to think about what it means that in 128 seasons of Eastern Michigan football, no team has played in consecutive bowl games. Your team, as of about 20 minutes ago, will officially accomplish that goal. What does that say about the 115 guys that you have in your locker room? Well, listen, I don't want to take anything away from, from those guys, but you know, we all know that the bowl scene has changed you know, in the 128 years, and so got to acknowledge that. But hey, listen, to go to back-to-back bowl games, you know, like you said, which hasn't been done before, is something that we don't take lightly. And we're not where we know we can get, but we're on our way. And this is, uh, you know, this is another step. And we're going to do everything we can to make Eastern Michigan University proud. What's your schedule look like going forward? I know you haven't had a chance to probably map out everything specifically, but obviously with the game being on the 26th, a little bit of time to prepare. What's it going to look like for you and your team? Recruit, prepare, recruit, prepare, recruit, prepare, recruit, prepare. And finally, what's your message to those people that are Eastern Michigan alum or just resident of Southeast Michigan that will have a chance one more time on the big stage to see your team this year. I will see you at Ford Field on December 26th. Get there early, wear green, and be crazy loud. Standing alongside Mike Glass, now the senior quarterback of the Eastern Michigan football team. And Mike, you just learned with your teammates not too long ago that you will have an opportunity to play in the postseason. This time it'll be at the Quick Lane Bowl right in your own backyard in Detroit, and you're going to do it against an ACC team in Pittsburgh. What does it mean to you to know that you've got one last game in the green and white? Uh, like I said before, it's a blessing, you know, um, to have the opportunity to go out there and ball out again in front of our uh, home state. Um, it's basically right down the street. So basically it's a home game. So I feel like uh, we have the opportunity to go out there and shock the world. I know that uh, this year is a different one from last year, but obviously last year, the heartbreaking loss in the Camellia Bowl, does that make you that much more hungry to get after it these next couple of weeks and, and really put on a good showing in uh, the quick lane bowl. Yeah. Uh, it's been eating me up um, since that game, December 15th at the community bowl. Um, so we always wanted the opportunity to get this chance to come back again and show what we're capable of and finishing strong. Quick lane bowl will take place on the 26th of December. Is this a pretty good early Christmas present for you? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like I didn't know, like I didn't think we were going to be able to, to get the bowl, but for us to have this opportunity, like I said, like we need to take full advantage of it. Joined alongside Kobe Beltram, now a senior linebacker for the Eastern Michigan football team. Team just found out that they'll have a chance to play a 13th game this year at the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit on the 26th against the University of Pittsburgh. Kobe, coming into today, not sure whether you'd get an opportunity or not to get another bowl game. And what does it mean to you to be with your teammates when you find out? It's just a big deal. Like, like everyone says, Eastern going to bowl games is a huge deal. It's just an opportunity to show that, you know, we're here to play. We're here to get good, good football, people to watch, and, you know, the opportunity to play a Power 5 team, like, we're looking forward to it. Anytime to play a Power 5 team and show them that just because they're Power 5 doesn't mean anything, it's a huge it's a huge thing for our program. Just ready to get after it. It's been a season that's had a lot of high highs and some low lows and maybe a senior day that didn't uh, finish quite the way you wanted at home against Kent State, but now you've got a chance to go out really in your own backyard in Detroit. Should be a great home crowd for you. And finish the season off with a winning record. What does that mean to you? Just like you said, having the home crowd in our backyard, it'll basically essentially be a home game. We're 20, 30 minutes from Detroit. Like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be energetic. The crowd, we're going to feed off the crowd, and we're just going to keep going, make plays, use that momentum, and just have fun. I know you probably haven't had time to think about it yet, but in the 128-year history of Eastern Michigan football, no team has played in consecutive bowl games. And as of about 25 minutes ago, your team became the first that will ever do that. How special is that to know that you're not only making your own legacy, you're leaving a legacy that's really a new standard for this program? Just like you said, it's a new standard. We're basically laying the foundation of what's to come. 
uh, this program. We're continuing to build and continue to get better. And just to have the opportunity to go to two back-to-back bowl games is huge. And hopefully in the future, we continue to build off that and continue to build off that. And like you said, just leave our own legacy, continue building. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Nothing like being able to go on the road and knock off a local rival. That's what the Eagles did on Saturday as they were able to take down the University of Detroit Mercy by a 55-51 score. Joined alongside head coach Rob Murphy is what a way to come back, get to experience a, a little time off with, with finals and graduation, sitting at 8-1. and one. Yeah, well, we're sitting in a good spot, Greg. Our guys all year have uh, continued to, uh, to work extremely hard, uh, execute our game plan, throughout and have done a really good job of uh, uh, helping us be successful here. Uh, it was great to go back to the University of Detroit Mercy and get a victory uh, anytime for me uh, to get a victory uh, you know, from my hometown uh, is great. Uh, it was really enjoyable, uh, but more importantly, uh, myself, uh, a lot of credit to my staff. Uh, we have continued to uh, put these guys in position to be successful. They continue to buy in everything we're teaching and preaching. Uh, so it feels good. We just need to figure out how we continue to build on this. I know it was a game last year that you you felt like maybe it got away, but be able to go to their home court uh, on a team that uh, is granted one and seven, but they've got players and they played a pretty darn good schedule and to shut down Anton Davis is, is a really good feat. He only had what one back bucket in the second half. Yeah, that was a tough task. Anytime you're going into a game and a player uh, is averaging 23 shots a game, averaging 25 plus points. Uh, you just have to identify them. Our guys uh, all week, uh, Continued to work on high hands defensively, reach steps, which we cut guys off. So we made it tough for him early on. Uh, he hit a few open shots uh, when we broke down. Uh, but collectively, we continued to identify him throughout the game. Uh, we guarded the three-point line. Uh, I thought Bubakar and Jalen uh, and Ty Gross in particular did an unbelievable job of uh, – locking down the middle. They didn't score a two-point field goal uh, throughout the second half, uh, which was phenomenal. Uh, we've been solid all year defensively, so we just want to continue that theme uh, of our great defense and somehow continue to execute a little better on offense and, and become a complete team. Yeah, you mentioned only two uh, two-point field goals the entirety of a game. That's a rarity as Detroit goes 10 for 33 from the long line, but 15 for 16 from the free throw line. But the other deceptive thing as you look at that number because of some of those rebounds and maybe some of your shot misses the offensive rebounds numbers are down a little bit in that game but your defensive numbers are up yeah well we play great defense uh greg our theme every uh you know game is to be super active uh stifle teams uh smother teams uh deflections lead to steals still lead to early transition buckets if we can get them uh so that's the uh, backbone of our programs is being able to defend and rebound the basketball and I think collectively uh, with five guys on the floor on the same page we've made it really tough on our opponents throughout the season this was stacked before a game against Valparaiso that you're able to, to pull off 85 79 Valpo just able to knock off Central Michigan in a wild and wacky Mac as you look at Buffalo they go into a, a DePaul team that hadn't lost a game yet and pulls it off it shows the balance of this league and you have to take your game each and every time you step 
step foot on the court. Yeah, for the past eight seasons, uh, the MAC, I believe, has been the best mid-major conference uh, throughout the country. Uh, it's a lot of parity, a lot of good coaches, a lot of good players. Uh, so I'm never surprised with a uh, you know a, a victory. I see, like, let's for say, let's uh, Buffalo going into DePaul and winning. Uh, obviously, they have a winning tradition that they've built over the last four or five years. So they are extremely confident. But just throughout the season, Ohio has played well. Uh, Bowling Green beating Cincinnati early on. Uh, Toledo had some good wins. And, uh, you know, this this uh, league is really tough. Uh, obviously, uh, night in and night out uh, for us, we have to execute on both ends of the floor to have a chance to be successful. Uh, we're just happy to be a part of it and, and be one of the best, a part of one of the best mid-major leagues in the country. 18 to 22-year-olds have the ability to ba- bounce back and travel. But uh, for you, how's it been? I mean, you were in Texas, you go to Jamaica, have to fly across the country to California. You didn't have your best game in California, but it, it, a lot of a lot of travel and to sit in eight and one, a pretty impressive feat. Yeah. Well, for us, you know, it's all about mindset and mentality, uh, your approach, uh, not allowing these guys to, uh, make or have any excuses. Uh, myself, my staff, uh, we just continue to motivate and inspire and, uh, find the the passion and the desire to want to be successful, no matter what obstacles are in front of you. We knew it would be tough, Uh, you know, going to Texas and getting that win uh, was huge early on, but it showed us we could play well on the road. And obviously winning the Jamaica Classic was great. I thought that California, um, you know, travel over Thanksgiving was tough. It caught up with us the second half of that game. Um, You know, obviously you, you see everybody play really well, Greg, give credit to them, but we ran out of gas in the second half. And then even the Valpo game, and we fought through it uh, because the travel back from California was also tough. Uh, and then we had another game against Detroit, which was a rivalry game, a lot of emotions there. So I give our guys a lot of credit, uh, a lot of credit to our training staff as well. Staff, uh, Steph and Steph, both, I mean, Seth and Seth both have done an unbelievable job of uh, getting our guys' uh, bodies right, uh, making sure they're eating properly, encouraging them to get their rest. Uh, but a lot of credit to them. Uh, these guys have really bought in them every aspect of everything we have going on. As we look at it today, your team giving up a total of 57.3 points per game on the defensive side of the floor. At this point last year, the team was giving up 73 points a game with a talented senior class. What do you attribute the biggest to change this year? Uh, Just our attention to detail, uh, being in tune, every possession, uh, understanding scouting report. Uh, making sure we're really in tune to film session, uh, looking at our opponent's weaknesses and also playing to our strengths. Uh, and then these guys have just been able to pick up the zone a little bit quicker than any other team I've ever coached. So again, a lot of credit to these guys. They're really smart. Uh, they care about all the little things. Our theme this year has been everything matters and every small detail they've been in tune to, uh, which has helped us be successful early on. Next game coming up will come next week as Northeastern comes to town, uh, sitting just five and five right now is Northeastern, but they're a team that shoots the free throws at 82%. And from the long line, they shoot at 43%. Uh, deceptive record, but uh, Northeastern is going to know how to play a, a really solid brand of basketball when yeah. they come here. Very good basketball team. They picked as one of the top two teams in their league. Uh, Roland is one of the top four scorers in the country, averaging 25 plus points a game. Uh, so we just have to make sure we identify him. They do a really good job of offensive rebounds. 
rebounding. And our schedule should help us with this. We played against Freeman Liberty from Valpo. Uh, we had a chance to play against Antoine Davis from the University of Detroit Mercy. And now here comes another great score who's averaging 25 plus points a game. So if we just identify him, uh, we stay super active and execute on the offensive side of the ball. We'll be in great shape. Speaking of great scores, the tip-off classic at the Convocation Center gets going today. Of course, we know you can't comment on, on, on high school kids, but more to the effect of having the luxury of having kids in this building and how great of an opportunity to showcase the Convocation Center in your program. What does that mean to this this place? Uh, it's great. I mean, anytime we can uh, show off our venue, because I believe we have one of the best uh, facilities in the MAC, um, to have some of the top high school talent uh, play here is great to have some of the top high school teams here is great. Uh, some great teams, some great coaches. Uh, and anytime you can uh, get a chance to get the top level recruits in the state to see your facility, uh, it's a great feeling for me and my staff. When you're sitting next to guys like Izzo and Jawan Howard and Shaka Smart, do you bump them on the arm and say, hey, uh, you can bring your team here. We'll we'll do a home and home. Yeah, I'm always working on scheduling. I know Coach Izzo gets tired of me. Very fortunate he gave us a game this year. Um, we played Michigan State here once uh, in the past, um, but always asking for games. Greg, you know, it's really been tough. Uh, some of that has been the success over the years. Some of it is our defense and guys don't want to play against it. But I never miss the opportunity to talk with Coach Izzo, Coach Howard, or any other the high major institution about scheduling, especially if we can get a home game here at Eastern Michigan University. The chain is strong. Congratulations on a great start to your season and, and enjoy a little downtime this week. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're going to continue to get better. We encourage uh, all our, all of Eagle Nation and our fans to, to come out and, and see uh, these new guys. We have a great brand of basketball, but more importantly, we have some high character guys that want to win. They share the ball. They play hard. They love each other. They care for each other and they love that they're here with this great opportunity to play at Eastern Michigan University. Anytime you turn on the airwaves of WEMU for Eastern Michigan football, you've heard his voice for going on 18 plus years. Rob Rubick joins me and Roops. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You look at it. Time flies when you're having fun. 18 plus years of doing Eastern Michigan football. How did you first get started doing it? Well, you know, I had done work with Shep, Matt Shepard, doing the high school football finals for Fox Sports Detroit. And when Shep got offered the job to come here, he had called me up that summer. I was doing radio at the time for Grand Valley State. He asked if I was interested in doing the Mid-American Conference. And I was leery. I had a nice situation at Grand Valley, and I was comfortable with the people I worked with. But I also knew Shep, and I knew he'd be able to carry me and and get me acclimated to it. And it was a step, also opportunity to do big-time football. Division one football, Eastern Michigan, chance to get around the country and go to the SEC, Big Ten, see some great venues and, and watch some quality football. So I took the chance, rolled the dice a little bit, and it's been outstanding, Stein, and you're a big part of it. We traveled together for 18 years and the crew you've had, and it's rotated a little bit. You know, we started out with streets and now with you, and it's it's been a joy and it's a lot of fun as breakfast proved today. You look at it and people don't realize you did play Grand Valley. Of course, you're with the Lions, but you did earn a degree from Eastern Michigan. Yes. I know it has a large part of your life and 
Mike Besork was also yeah. a part of getting you at Eastern. Well, I was really involved with the Michigan Special Olympics when I was in the NFL, and that's where I met Michael. He was on the state board for Michigan Special Olympics at the time. Him and his wife, Karen, became good friends of Deb and I, my wife, over the years. And when I got done in the NFL and I was looking to finish up my degree, I had my degree from Grand Valley, but I wasn't certified. And I, Mike kind of steered me, said, Hey, come back to Eastern. You can start working on your master's. We'll get your certification, do your student teaching and so forth. And before I knew it, I was, I was teaching. And, and then when I came to Eastern Michigan, it was just a perfect fit. I already been working on my master's for a few years. Actually, I think I already had my master's from Eastern at the time. And I go back, my roots with Eastern go back even farther than that. You remember Jim Harkama, the fine coach in the eighties at Eastern Michigan. He was my coach at Grand Valley. And I'd worked two or three camps with Jim during the summer. And coach was to this day, I, I always feel, you know, I'm, I'm a Grand Valley Laker, but I owe more of my success to Jim Harkema than I really feel like I do to Grand Valley. And that's not a knock on Grand Valley. I got an education there and I'm very pleased with my time there. But Coach Hark was the man to me and, and one of my biggest mentors besides my father. So I, and I'd also coach spring football one year at Eastern. So my ties with the university go way back and it's it's been a great partnership for me. I've enjoyed it over the years. In Eastern, to me, is one of the great educational schools. I'm an educator myself, and I know they put out a lot of quality teachers over the years as well. Coach Harkam, uh, of course, uh, led the Eagles to their only MAC championship ever. Uh, that first bowl appearance you played for, what would he able to do that was so special? And maybe what do you see also as the correlation? Chris Creighton and he are, are wired pretty similar, aren't they? They are. Uh, what Coach Hart did, and for me personally, is as a player, and anyone out there who's listening who's a former player, you know on a certain play you do, if it's a 633 flat wide, I have a sail route. Well, I can remember my junior year, we sat in an offensive meeting, and he put you up on the board. He said, okay, Rubes, what do you do on a 633? I said, I run a sail. He goes, why? I said, because on a 633, I run a sail. That's what you told me to do. He says, why do we have you run a sail route? I don't know. He said, well, look, at we're going to run Chadwick on the outside. He's going to clear. He's going to run a go. We're going to bring the backside slot or the backside tight end or leak the back and the flat and the shallow. You're going to run the sail to get the medium depth. And now you can see the read for the quarterback goes deep, middle, short. I'm like, oh, okay. It's kind of like, that's why Santa wears red. You know, it kind of clicks after a while. <laughs> and it's one of those things where he made me learn why we did things, not just what to do on a play. So when I got to the NFL, I was so much more prepared than other tight ends. I knew concepts. I knew coverages. I knew so much more that he challenged us. And I think Coach Creighton does the same thing with his players. He challenges his players not to just know what they do, but why they do it. How does it fit into the scheme of what we're trying to accomplish? And ultimately, it helped me as a broadcaster. It really prepared me to see things during the course of a game, not just watch the ball and say, well, that's a good run. Look at him run that guy over. No. Why is that play working? What did Andrew Wiley or TJ Lang, or in this case, you know, Van Hoven or right. Or Steven Nielsen or city South. What did they do to make that play successful? What did the receivers Were they stock blocking? Were they coming in to crack a number two? Why was that play successful? So it all goes back and then you can see everything kind of ties into Eastern Michigan. Here with Rob Rubick, as we discuss his career and ties to Eastern Michigan, as you look at it, a lot of teams, have Homer broadcasters. I would say we, we, <laughs> we, we play down the middle. If, okay. if, 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 oh, if no. teams are, are playing bad, you're going to, you, you're going to yeah, mention, I, but you're going to tell it in a c- constructive way. How do you view your role maybe differently than some people? 
Well, that's tough because I there's no doubt I bleed green and white now. I, I like I said, I have my degree here and I've been doing this for 18 years over a 20 year period of time. But you also don't want to just paint it like Eastern. No, every time. no yeah. we're not. We're not great. We don't. That guy's not a great player. That guy's not a great player. If they're all great players, we'd be playing a national championship game every year and we don't. So what I try to do is I never say that player's bad. I will say, why are we struggling in this area? We're having a hard time with our defensive tackles of shedding blocks right now. We're not getting off. We're creating lanes i'm not saying you know that ty eddington's not doing a good job i'm not going to do that i'm not going to pull players out because i've never met a player i played seven years in the nfl four years in college in high school as well four years i've never met a player who says you know what i want to do bad on this play i don't want to get off that block i want to drop this ball everyone's trying their best to succeed when people say, well, that guy sucks. No, he doesn't suck. He's playing Division One football. Now, today he might not be having a good game or the guy across from him might be better. There's always someone better, right? Always bigger fish. Yeah. Yep. And that's what it is. So I just try to explain during the broadcast why things aren't working. Now, sometimes my frustration might come through because I want Eastern to win. I want Eastern to win more than anything. I want success for the university. I want all those people, that, especially in the media over the years, they were saying, oh, you know, they're going to drop football. No, they're not going to drop football. Oh, you know, bowl games don't matter. Well, bowl games do matter if you went down with us last year down in montgomery and the, the time we had and you saw the alumni the fan base that, that traveled and the parents and so forth you would realize bowls are a big deal i don't care if you're the 35th bowl game and not the first game i know how i got on that tangent but i did <laughs> you know you're right yeah. I, and i know that's one of your favorite memories of, of your tenure was last year going wow. to mobile uh, to excuse me to montgomery sitting there watching the pep rally and the graduation and, oh, that was and so cool. going to rosa park and then hanging out with a guy like Max Crosby in the, in the lobby just for hours. Yeah, and, you know, I got to know the players, Brogan Roback, Max Crosby, Brody Hoing. Over the years, I've, I try to inject myself into the team without injecting myself into the team. It's one of those things you kind of hover around and hopefully they kind of seep out and will talk to you. Mike Glass this year, we were down in Coastal Carolina. I can remember. <laughs> I'm coming down the elevator with this guy, this little short guy, right? happy smiling laughing and i'm talking to him you know stein we've yep. been around i'm social i'll talk to the bus driver and i was talking to this young man i think man this kid is really nice so i finally say hey you know what's your name i'm i'm, I'm rob rubick i'm your broadcast i go you goes i'm mike glass i'm your quarterback i'm like yes you are and you're not real tall <laughs> but but he, he, can, was, he can play well oh he can spin it and if the fact he is just the fact they went and found a quality guy like Mike Glass. And this, to me, erases so many of the preconceptions people have about junior colleges that kids that go there, you know, they're, they're trouble to society or they're, they're not going to make it. They're not going to be successful. Mike Glass will be successful. He is a quality young man. He has proven he's really good on the football field. And just talking with him, you understand that he's got personality. He has intelligence. He has everything it needs to be successful in society. And the number one thing is he's competitive and I'm a big competitive guy. And I, anyone who's competitive, you're going to have a chance to succeed. And this young man is the fact that he gets nicked and banged and still wants to get out there every week just proves it to me. What's the difference you've seen over these last six years under coach mm. Creighton versus the first, it, it, for whatever reason, it, it 15, just it yeah. just didn't click with between Jeff Woodruff or, or Jeff Jenick or or, or, Ron. or Ron English. They all had all opportunities. Don't get close, me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think the difference with Chris is Chris truly believes. Not that these other guys didn't, but somehow it comes through to his players. He truly believes when things start going south during the course of a game, 
No, this is I'm doing the, the the minuscule, the small part first. When things go south during the course of a game, that either the offense or defense will make a play or will make a drive to bring them back. I don't know how many times I've seen under Creighton's leadership that you get down two touchdowns or three touchdowns. Where in the past, mm-hmm. it's going to be a 44 to seven game. It's just going to start rolling. They couldn't stop it. Now the offense, if they get down 14, will make a drive. Or if the offense is up two or three touchdowns and they start coming back, the defense will get a three and out. We were playing Western Michigan this year. We couldn't get off the field in the first half. And Shep's like, we're talking at halftime. They have no chance. We can't stop them. I said, "Eh, it's a long game. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, all of a sudden the defense gets a few three and outs in the game. The offense then did their job. So the minuscule part or the small part first is I think as far as games go, his teams believe that they're never out or things start going bad, that they're not going to continue to go bad in the big picture. We've had a lot of really good men come through here, but we don't have the depth of athlete or the depth of character from one to a hundred that I see now. I've had some tremendous guys. We had Kevin Walter in the booth the other mm-hmm. day. What a great young man that is. Well, actually, he's not that young anymore. That just shows how old I am. Uh, but he is a quality man. TJ Lang. Not just guys that went to the NFL, but other guys that never went to the NFL that I saw down at the bowl game that we had a chance to visit. Those are the type of characters that we had and people, but we have more of them now. We have quality. When I see these guys walking around with smiles on their face and they wave and they say hi to you. Hey, sir. How are you doing, sir? That means you're old too. You got it, sir. <laughs> I, I just think that Chris has brought a, a culture. We hear that word. And I think it's overused, but in his case, it's not. He's brought a culture of same mindedness of type of people he recruits. He may not go get the four star kid. He may settle for a two star kid, but it's a two star kid. That's going to be part of what he's trying to do. We've been blessed that you've been able to be with basically the same play-by-play guy for your yeah. tenure. I mean, you had a few games with, with John C. Fountain, but Matt Shepard's been the guy next to you for majority of, of your tenure here. Oh. And we've been lucky enough to have Shep. We thought we were going to lose him when it, uh, he got named too. for the Tigers, but what is what has Shep meant to you? Wow. Like, you know, I'm going to get choked. Like you, Stein, he, um, he was a mentor, big time mentor in the beginning, because there's no one that preps harder, whether it's Eastern Michigan football or Milan playing Allen Park, whatever it is, doesn't matter what level he's going to prep and be ready for the game. And he's going to be a professional from from the beginning to the end. So he has forced me to become more professional over the years. That being said, is traveling with him and calling a game with him. He's a unique individual, as I believe mm-hmm. I am, as you are, we're all unique, but he is so intense, whether it's doing the high school football finals, which we've done for 20 years, or doing Eastern Michigan. So you have to match his intensity. You have to match his preparation. And I've kind of trained him over the years. I believe it. He can thank me. I've trained him just to tone it down a notch because Matt used to be such a professional and a perfectionist that if he made a mistake, he would beat himself up. He was his own worst mm-hmm. critic. It wasn't, it wasn't you, it wasn't Molly at the station. It wasn't any of us, but it was himself. Well, I've gotten him to try to lighten up on himself just a little bit and realize you're excellent, Matt. And now the world recognizes mm-hmm. it by you doing the Tigers. Don't beat yourself up. It's a long game. It's like making a turnover in the first quarter. So I think I've hopefully helped him with that, but he's helped me with so many things. And the biggest thing is I just like him. He is a loyal, true friend on and off the broadcast as you are. He's a guy, Stein, that will, if I call him up, says, Shep, 
I, I can't make a payment. I need a thousand. Oh, okay, here, write your check. Mm-hmm. Not, and it doesn't matter if he has the money or not. He's going to be a guy that, Jeff, I need a ride. Or can you go pick up my child somewhere? He'd be the first. Yeah, I'll go do it. I'll, I'll just let me move a few things around. I'll go do it. So he's been a true friend. And that's what makes this job the best job of all the different jobs I've done. And I've done a lot. When you speak about that, and a lot of people ask me what my favorite game is. I, I don't know that I have a favorite game. All time? No, well, just, well in general, that you've been to. I said, I, I don't know I can pick a game. I said, I can pick, I can pick moments. Yeah. Because to me, the moments that you and I going uh, to, to San Diego, hanging out at the yeah. beach, us people going, us going yeah. to, to Coastal Carolina and having dinner together, uh, Monticello with, with streets in yeah, the family. Those are the moments the that I remember more. Or West Point and, and, and make around. and make these games fun. Is that what sticks out at oh, you? Hundred percent. The games fade. Some reason. I, I if you ask me, that's when I did this interview uh, about a month or so with TC. Cameron, with TC. Yep. He said, "Well, you know what games?" I'm like, "Man, I had a hard time pulling." But if you ask me for moments on trips. I'll never forget when we're in Missouri and Shep, for anyone who doesn't know Matt Shepard, if you've seen those Snicker commercials, when he's ready to eat, you need to feed him. We last, almost had that moment last night. We did. He sent me a text that he was hungry as a hostage, whatever that meant. <laughs> <laughs> so when he wants to eat, while well, we're sitting up front waiting for the Uber to come and it's, and it was coming late. It was 10, 15. All of a sudden he takes off walking. He said, I'm going to eat. He leaves the rest of us and takes off. It's moments like that, that you don't forget. It's, they're just funny. I had one this year and I'm, Sorry to admit, and hopefully Molly doesn't listen to this, but when we went off the air for the Central Connecticut State game and Tom was calling the rest of the game, the fourth quarter, on his phone, and I was no longer part of the broadcast, and things went south, and Mike threw his second interception late in the game, and we were done. I mean, for all, I knew we'd get the ball back in like 20 mm-hmm. seconds, whatever. So I'm like, I'm out of here. I left the booth. I got in my car, and I'm driving. I get on Giddy's Road there, and I hear Tom making a broadcast of the block punt. That's karma. That's why you don't leave. That's why you never tap out early because I missed the best play of the year because I was so mad and frustrated that we were playing Central Connecticut State, who, by the way, is 10 and 1. Mm-hmm. And we lost, were going to lose that game. And after coming off that Illinois win, I was just, I was fit to be tied. That My Homer blood was showing there. Rubes, I can't thank you enough. I mean, 20 years of friendship. Yeah. I, I I was scared to death of you when I was an undergrad. It's because I had pointy eyebrows. You, right? you were scary, man. If you, you dressed up as a devil on Halloween, yes, people would believe yes. it. But uh, your friendship means a ton, and I can't thank you enough for everything you've given back you to too, us. You too, boss. Enjoy it. Hopefully we get 20 more. Knock on. Knock on wood. Wood. There you go. <laughs> Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcasts, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week.